Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall, and I'm here with Marcelo Margot. And uh, we haven't uh, had Marcelo on the Real Deal since he sat in with Houston Heat, but a lot has changed since then. Yes, a lot has. A lot has changed. We're we're uh, a couple days away from Christmas here in 2012. Hopefully, not the end of the world. I'm hoping the minds <laughs> are wrong. I, I, I'm guessing the minds were wrong. I, I hear they didn't count in for leap year or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So it was supposed to end last year. I'm taking everyone's we're bets good. too. I'm betting the world's not going to end. As much yeah. as you want to bet. You nice. Know? Uh, you know, yeah. anybody who believes that it is going to end, just drop everything off, your valuables at my house, Absolutely. you know, tomorrow night. Um, so, <laughs> we're yeah. good. So. <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> uh, especially gold and silver bullion. Yeah, um, please. Uh, firearms, because those could go out of the door soon, too. <laughs> so any of that stuff is more than welcome. But, uh, but yeah, so lots changed, and we're heading into 2013. There hasn't really been – the offseason hasn't been too crazy yet. There's not – I mean, I hear a lot of rumors and that sort of stuff as far as what's happening, but – it's been pretty mellow. It's been to pretty past mellow few years, past so. few years. Now who knows? Maybe all hell is gonna break loose after Never, Christmas. Yep. Never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first big news to hit was that Goldman, Alex Goldman, you know, all of our friends' mouths was gonna stay with damage. And then the next big news to hit was that you're moving from the Russians to the Ironman. So I mean, how talk me a little bit through that decision and and uh, I mean, I you know I know. You live close to here. You live close to you know. You're, we're both from San Diego, and um, you know, dies out of San Diego. So, but I'm mean, in your own words. Like, what, what, how, how did it break down? I, I think the biggest thing is just that you know, it's a team that I started with. I have a lot of history with the Ironmen, with Die, with you know, the owner, people that that work here, just the entire company as a whole. Um, and uh, you know, I've had a lot of success here. And so when the opportunity came about for me to come back and play with the Ironmen, I, I, you know, found it very appealing and. It makes sense. Everything just fits well. I live about 10, 10 minutes from the factory, so um, you know all that works out. And you know, as far as practice, practices are local. Uh, you know, I'm friends with a lot of the guys on the team. I've I've had good relationships with them for a long time. So I think everything just kind of fit together. Yeah, and because uh, I remember that you were, you know, coming off of uh, off of two thousand and eleven. Let's go back to your knee injury because. I think that that's a really interesting thing mentally for a lot of people because everyone out there, you know, it's like that saying, you know, be careful what you think and say about other people because you have no idea what sort of struggles they're going through. And, um, you know, I got a friend of mine who's uh, just a jacked monster, you know, like his Instagram pictures of him just looking like, you know, jacked and tan out of his mind. (laughs) He's bigger than Scotty. (laughs) He's bigger and more jacked. More tan, more jacked than Scott Kemp. But he severely broke his, his, uh, he broke his his upper, um, I think it was his radius in five places arm wrestling. And uh, and now he's back to being this like mammoth dude, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but you'd look at him and you would never know that that ever happened. And so, you know, people look at you running around shooting people out there and they have no idea that you're 22. Most people, you know, maybe the, the intense fans would know that you've blown your knee out twice. And that's pretty, that's pretty heavy. That's a pretty heavy uh, injuries to be thrown at such a young age. You know, it's not like you're 35 still trying to get out there and do it. Been, been put, you know, 15 years in. It's, I mean, I know you put a lot of time and you've been playing since you were like, you know, 10 years old, but... Nine years old. Nine years old. Nine years old. I'm take that, year, that extra year away. <laughs> hey, that year, dude. It's but, important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for sure. Um, but but I, you know, what was the, what was that like? I know you've, we've spoken about this before, but I think <laughs> people would want to hear that story. You know, it's really, pretty it's crazy. Any story. kind of injury is obviously, you know, a bad thing for, for an athlete. It's something that no athlete 
deserves to go through. It's a tough thing, but it just comes down to a mindset. You know, um, there's going to be the rehab process that you have to go through to get yourself back to top level, and a lot of times you come back even stronger than before. And I think just knowing that after I got over the initial shock of you know being sad about it and just you know why did this happen to me? I, I just didn't understand. You know, um, why did I have to blow out my knee? You know, I was didn't want to not be able to play paintball, not be able to do all that. Once I got over that and really focused my mind in on, okay, you know, here's what I have to do. I'm going to do it, and I, I'm going to come back stronger. <clears throat> then it was really, it was an easy road for me. What was um, going through your mind when the when the prognosis was laid out by the, what did the doctor say to you? Was he like, okay. As, yeah. as a matter of fact, when I first went in, um, after my injury, you know, I walked around on it for a few days, and I just knew something wasn't right with it. It was swollen. You know, all my friends were like, you're fine, probably just a sprain or, you know, this and that. And so I went into the doctor and uh, played around with my leg, did a few different tests, and he, he as well thought it was just a sprain. Um, this was right before World Cup, 2010. Mm -hmm. So This is the first time you heard it. The first time, yeah. Right. So he, he told me it's just a sprain. You know, I'm all good and, and just ice it, keep it elevated and all that stuff, take care of it. So I went out to World Cup and Todd Martinez was – uh, my coach at the time for Infamous, and he had been through a few knee surgeries, so he knew all about it, and he was, you know, immediately worried about the way that I was walking and kind of limping on it, and I still had a bad feeling, too. I was like, I, I feel like the doctor's wrong, you know, and, and it's tough to say that sometimes. It just right. didn't feel right, you know. It, it didn't feel like a sprain. It, it just totally didn't feel right. It wasn't getting better, and I was icing it nonstop. You know, it's all I was taking care of it every single day, all day, and wasn't noticing any, any uh, improvement, so... Um, Todd decided for me to not play World Cup because he didn't want me to uh, injure it further, which, you know, in the end it was a good decision on, on his half, and mm -hmm. I'm sure it was a very tough decision, and uh, it was tough on, on both of us, on the whole team, everything. But uh, when I got back to San Diego, I went into the doctor and I demanded an MRI. I'm like, look, this, you know, this doesn't feel right. I just want to get an MRI to, you know, check it out. But you were going to play on it. I was going to play on it, yeah. I was, I was able to run around on it. I, um... It wasn't 100%, you know, it, it didn't hurt too bad, it just didn't feel right, you know, I, I could definitely get around and I wasn't as quick, I wasn't as agile, absolutely, but, you know, I felt that I could have played through it. Um, and like I said, fortunately I didn't because who knows the chances of, of injuring something else, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's not really worth it on your knees, that's something you need for the rest of your life, so... Uh, yeah, so I get back, I got the MRI done, come back into the doctor, and sure enough, my ACL was completely torn. And so, you know, the doctor was just kind of like, wow, uh, it must have just been so swollen that it felt like it was still together, yeah. which, you know, it happens. You know, that, that definitely something that happens. Usually you're supposed to wait a little bit longer to go in and have these things checked out. Um, so, yeah, when the doctor told me that, I, I immediately was, you know, I already, I already felt that that was coming, so I was kind of prepared for it, but still actually hearing the news was... You know, huge letdown, huge bummer. I was instantly sad and, you know, had had bad feelings about it. But like I said, then I just got my mind right. You know, I spent my time mourning about it, I guess you could say. Um, and then realized, like, okay, here's what I have to do. I got to get this surgery done and I got to come back. I got to rehab. going to have to work on my legs. It's going to be a long road. But at the end of the road, I'm going to look back and say, you know, I'm faster now. I'm stronger. And, and that's exactly what I did. And um, so the second time that you hurt the same knee, was that a little bit more demoralizing or? Um, that's an interesting question. In some ways it was, and then in other ways I wasn't as worried about it because I had come back so strong. I was like, damn, uh, I guess I'm going to miss World Cup, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I have all off season to, to get this over with and mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure this does not happen for a third time. Yeah. Um, my first surgery, it, it was a 
there's a lot that went on. My, I don't feel I had a very good doctor. Um, my knee didn't never really felt right after the first surgery. It never really, that whole season was kind of not 100%, and I just felt clicks and pops, and my therapist, you know, wasn't too stoked on it. And, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so uh, I, I was recommended to another doctor that has done a lot of the U.S. Olympics uh, athletes. So he's done some skiers and some different stuff. Uh, so he was a very good doctor, and after that surgery, my knee, even just days after, I could notice a huge difference, you know, just the smoothness of everything, and, yeah. you know, just night and day difference. Mm -hmm. So uh, to answer your question, like I said, in some ways, yes, in other ways, no, I was just kind of like, okay, I, I know I know, I could do this again, yeah. um, and I'm going to do it better this time, and hopefully the surgery goes, you know, 100% well, and, and it did, so. And then, so now for, so you come off that surgery, and... And it was kind of a rough off season for you last year. I mean, you know, you were trying to find a home. You didn't know if it was going to be infamous. And, you know, there's just been a lot of growing up for you in the past year. And I think, Definitely. you know, at least from us when we were, you know, just sitting around bullshitting and you're just like, yeah, man, I just, I, cause I've seen it. I've known you since you were a kid, you know, and I've seen you go through all the stages of your career. And uh, I just noticed a difference um, in the kind of intensity that you brought to the game this year which was, I think, one of the reasons you were able to stay at, at that top level for so long. And I kind of want to ask you about what it was like being, because I think a lot of people would probably want to hear what it, you know, a lot of 17-year-old paintball fans, this is their dream to play on like a world championship team, and you were able to do that and play with a bunch of legends before they retired. So I want to kind of pick your brain about that. Um, but first, you know, as you got on, I want to go to this year's World Cup um, and kind of maybe fast forward a little bit, because... For this year's World Cup, you were the number one ranked player heading into into the tournament, and it was a very frustrating tournament for you. Um, the Russians stuck you in the back center, and I I'm still perplexed as to why. You know, I've talked to everybody about this, but I you know I I've been able to talk to the coaches, but I think there's people at home that still want to know like why would you take the number one player in the world at the time out of the spot he's been playing all year long, put him in another spot. And I just, that doesn't make a stitch sense to me. You know, I just, I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense. You know, hey, that absolutely didn't make any sense to me either. But still, I'm a part of the team and was going to go with whatever the coaches had wanted me to do. Um, I tried to, you know, I, I begged them to let me, you know, be the first attacker on the Dorito side and do what I had done all year. But at the end of the day, it's their call. And, you know, they felt that it would be more beneficial to have um, Zach Wake play the, the number one on that side and have me play in the back and kind of kind of followed up so you know I, I really try to do that position as well as I could because anytime in sports your coach asks you to do something you just have to be able to do it yeah and you know you can't have excuses you can't um, be upset about things and so it was, it was difficult because you know it's not where I wanted to be it's not where I felt that I was most effective and um, I, I was never I never fully accepted the role which <clears throat> I think hurt me and you know that's that's some of the stuff that I need to learn. I Sometimes I'm going to be put in positions that I don't want to be in, and I need to be able to play that position better than anybody else can if I want to be a top-level player. So, um, you know, that was also a learning experience. So, you know, good came out of it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of bad to it, and it was unfortunate that it went down that way. But, uh, yeah, you know. Maybe it's almost some, like, I know this is corny, but it kind of sounds like it's almost – a life lesson. I mean, you're still young, but and you had a great year, but almost maybe it was like, right, look, it was like, fullest. look, kid, here's the deal. 
just riding into a World Cup. You think you're going to be getting that number one spot you've had all year long. But I'm going to throw this shit at you. Actually, no. You're going to be playing the back center, and I'm going to humble you a little bit to make you hungrier. 100% stuff like that happens all the time, and it, it, it did that, you know? Do you believe in all, that stuff? Or? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I feel so. like you're tested every single day, mm-hmm. um, no matter what it is. It could be the littlest thing, you know, um, as far as a, an interaction with a random stranger or, you know, test like that at World Cup, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, absolutely, you know, believe in all that stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so so let's pull it back, man. Let's throw it back to when you were a kid. You get on the Ironman what was going on through your head like the very first time you got on the Ironman? You know, when you it was you know two thousand I think it was what seven two thousand six two thousand six yeah so it's two thousand six um, you just get on the Ironman Rockstar team at the time too because it was like the Ironman had won um, like when I, I was you know when I was lucky enough to play on the Ironman back in the day we won some titles and then then uh, the team had to rebuild for years and then you know picked up Oliver and. Basically, Dave and the rest of the management of the team were like, "We're building a championship team again. Mm-hmm. Get everybody. Bring let's bring them in. You know, let's let's build a rock star team." Um, so I don't know what was that like. You know, I it was awesome. You know, all those guys I grew up looking up to and uh, got to play against a lot of them every single weekend. You know, so on, on one side it was I, I felt that I deserved to be there and I was stoked and I I think I truly felt you know hey I'm as good as these guys you know I was 16 years old at the time 15 turning 16 you know and I definitely had had a big head had a confidence issue you know I I, I put a lot of hard work in you know so I, I didn't see any reason why I didn't deserve to be there mm-hmm. um, and then I just try to stay humble about it and realize that I'm playing with some of the best players to ever play the game and if I learned from them and actually took little pieces from each of them I mean that would benefit me in the long run and I think it has because I, I could still look back and think of numerous different weekends where I've learned something, you know, from whether it's Todd Adamson, uh, you know, a lot of people may not even know who that is, but he's an old school baller, you know, one of the best, definitely an unorthodox style, <laughs> but he would get the job done. Um, Ryan Williams, Oliver Lang, I, the list goes on of the names that were on that team, so uh, that was a that was an amazing thing. You know? Yeah, Todd Adams, I remember having a gunfight against him would be, because he's unorthodox, so you know, you'd be like posted up with your gun out, ready to shoot him, you know? And, and he, you see him looking at you, his head's out of the bunker, and he'll throw a snapshot out from his waist. Bam! Like that. And all, you're just like, all the time. And you're just, that was a ball, you're like, mm-mm. did he just take a snapshot from his waist? You think, okay, his gun's not even at his shoulder, so in order for him to get a shot off on me, he's going to have to bring his gun up, come out, get on me. But no, he'll just be like, just start shooting at you from the hip, and then all of a sudden now, he made you head check in, and now he raises his gun back up, and now he's got the line. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. All yeah. the time. I remember one specific time, uh, World Cup 2007, Todd Adamson. There was, I'm going to try to explain this as well as I can, you know, over microphone, but... Um, there was a, a center stand-up can behind the X. Um, he was the last player alive on our team. It was a one-on-three. They, they had all the spots. They were in the snake. They were somewhere in the center and, and coming down the Dorito side. Mm-hmm. And he was playing off the left side of the can, the snake side, shooting fakie with his right hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> holding the snake guy in so he couldn't shoot him. Yeah. The guy comes up. He ends up shooting him. At the same time, he... He pulls that one-handed gangster gat quick shot, shoots the Dorito player trying to come down, and it comes down to a one-on-one, and he just snap shoots the guy out. And just so unorthodox all over the place, but the thing that he had is his shot was just so dead on. He He did not miss, you know, and that's because he he played for such a long time. But, I mean, that that moment, that story of that game has stuck in my head for the longest time because it was just the funniest thing to watch him pull that out the way he did. Who was your (laughs) favorite guy to play with from that, that legendary Ironman team back then? Uh, that's that's tough too. Um, 
out of the 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 all stars of that game or that team, I would probably say. Oh, that's a tough one because between Nikki Cuba and Oliver Lang, you know, Oliver Lang was a, an idol of mine growing up, um, and Nikki Cuba really took me in as kind of his younger brother, and I think he looked out for me, you know, as much as he could and really cared about my game and, and uh, me as a person, you know. Um, and then there was Alex Mouse Goldman, you know. I, him and I, I love playing with him. We've had, you know, we've, we've had a lot of uh, success together. We've grown up playing with each other, and... Um, yes, that's a tough one. I can't really answer that. There's not one that really sticks out. Yeah. And then you had Shane as the coach, Shane Pastana. Best coach of all time. I mean, doesn't get much better than that guy right there. Yeah. I'm hoping to go shoot some duck with him in a couple weeks. That should be pretty tight. Oh, absolutely. Any, any time with Shane is always tight. Yeah. <laughs> Shane's a great dude. So then, it's okay. So you played with the Ironman, and then you went along your merry way because... You know, and actually, I want. What do you think about this? It's because you see this so much over the years, but it's. And I was guilty of this a little bit too. But you know, if you have, um, if you're really good at something at a young age, uh, world class at something at a young age, it's tough because even if you have a good head on your shoulders, it's tough to stay humble because you needed that kind of beast within to be that good that early on and to have the confidence. Because if you don't have confidence, and that's that beast, you know, that's the tough part of it is, okay, you have to have a certain part of the ego to have that innate confidence to go and play against these guys that you grew up idolizing. But at the same time, if you if you let too much of that eat at you, then then you become overconfident, and that's when people are like, oh, this guy's an asshole, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, what so do you think about that? It's a fine that? line, it's a fine line. I, I went through that, you know? I went through that for a while, because for, for a long time, I knew the hard work that I was putting in, doing drills every weekend, you know, during the week whenever I could, when, when I knew it, anybody else wasn't, and then, you know, winning tournaments with, you know, these guys. That it's definitely hard to keep your, your I don't want to say attitude, but keep your confidence in check and, and kind of humble yourself at an age like that, you know, because you don't yeah. realize it. It's, it's, you know, a lot of powers at a young age, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. So I think just growing up, you, you realize certain things where you go back and you realize, your, your answers kind of turn into questions, mm -hmm. you know, and you may have truly believed that you knew everything at that time and it, it, you start to shut yourself off from, from advice when you get to that point. And you should never do that, no matter how old you get, no matter what age you're at, once you stop learning, that's the day you die, you know, mm -hmm. that's it's something I always say, so, um, so yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what advice would you give to kids out there that are maybe like, well, I'm the best player on my team by far, why am I still playing with these these chumps? You know, I should be on this team. You know, like or maybe not a kid that that's much that's that much of a natural. <laughs> I was like, um, you should you should you're take a dick. Up you should quit. <laughs> Play another sport else, so we don't have to deal with you. Um, but you know, maybe just I don't know. What would you have to say to kids out there that are really talented at a young age, like you really? yourself were, as far as the mental game is concerned, about having to check yourself as you as you go along this paintball quest. I would just say, don't ever shut the door on on, um, you know, being able to learn. And understand that you still have, no matter how good you think you are, there's still so much more that you can do. And instead of, um, you know, always thinking your way is the right way, actually listen to people because, you know, other people have good ideas too. And if you could take the best from, from the people around you, the good, bad, whatever, you're going to learn from that. You're going to learn from anything, any situation. So my best advice is just don't ever get that attitude. You know, just try to stray from it. And if you catch yourself doing it, that's fine. Just make sure you catch yourself and and try to humble yourself, you know, that's really the only thing you could do.
Yeah, I think another thing too is to um, be objective about criticism because yeah definitely yeah it's it's really tough it's it's almost one of those like okay well any move that i made there wasn't a mistake in it mm-hmm. you know it mm-hmm. was more of like oh well it was the situation that made me make it was that i was forced to make that error mm-hmm. not any mental error on my part or some mm-hmm. part of my skill i could have been better at or i dropped the ball on this or i was tired or any of that, you know, it's like, oh, well, such and such happened, and, you know, that's why this, that's why I got shot. You yeah, know? paintball gets pretty heated, you know, there's adrenaline, and sometimes people don't want to hear it right after a point, but, you know, if, if somebody gives you any criticism, don't react to it right away if you're going to react poorly, you know, mm-hmm. think about it, and, and come back 30 minutes later and think about what that person said, and you'll usually change your mind, if the person was right, yeah. you know, and you'll, and, and you originally thought he was wrong, mm-hmm. you'll go back and you'll say, okay, actually, that, that does make a little more sense, uh, and that's... That's just, you know, with anything in life, you know, don't, don't let the emotions get the best of you. Yeah, definitely. So, so then you went from, um, from the iron and you went back to aftermath. Mm-hmm. Did you and Mouse leave at the same time? No, Mouse actually left. Uh, he left after the first, he left a couple times. <laughs> um, he left after Chicago in 2006. So I think he played one tournament with the Ironman, went back to aftermath for 2006, played, uh, Played with them the rest of 2006, then came back to the Ironman in 2007, played that whole season with us, and then 2008, he went back to Aftermath. Mm-hmm. So I went back to Aftermath a year later, 2009. God, I barely can keep it straight. I know, it's <laughs> back and forth here and there. Yeah, but uh, so then, so you go to um, Aftermath, and then Aftermath and Infamous were going to merge mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah, but then that ended up not happening, right? Yeah, and that was that was really strange. I, I still to this day don't understand why that happened, but um, you know, we all heard we were going to merge with Infamous, and you know, we were stoked on it. That was that was all cool. And I remember showing up for the first practice. Half of the guys weren't there from Aftermath, and I was like, you know, what's going on? I, and yeah, I guess I don't know. It's just it was weird how that went down. You know, who knows? Um, but it ended up working out, and Infamous is where I found my new home. So, and then um, and as you went forward, so. How, tell me about your time at Infamous. What was that like? It was fun. That's what it was like. It was fun. Um, made a lot of uh, really good friendships, you know, that I, I've had over the years. Nikki Kiba was on the team, and like I, I said before, I, he's been a big brother to me for a long time. Um, can't thank him enough for everything he's done for me and, and the time he's taken to, you know, uh, raise me as a, as a person and as a player. Um, you know, Bobby Avilas, Zach Wake, you know, there's a bunch of players on the team um, that I had really good relationships with. So it was fun. And having Todd as a coach, I think Todd really brought the best out of me. I think he's one of the better coaches out there for sure. Um, it was great to learn from him. Uh, some of the older guys, Travis Lemansky, you know, he's awesome to learn from, awesome to be around, super mm-hmm. cool guy. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a good time. It was a, it was a great time. And I feel like we had a, a cool team for that period of, of time. Um, it was fun. Yeah. And then, and then uh, well, a lot of people always want to know, like, well, what's it like to play on the Russians? You know, they're, they're kind of like that mysterious Ivan Drago esque, <laughs> you know, Rocky Four. It's like, God, you know, how do they, just how, do they a, how do they keep doing it? Just about everything you think about the Russians is true. <laughs> what you think it'd be like playing for them is true. No, that's I can't say that. that's not true. They're actually they're just like any other team, really. They have they have more structure and, and, than most of the teams out there, and you know that shows to their great success over the past few years. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're just like any other guys. They're a bunch of cool, friendly friendly dudes. We go out for team barbecues. Um, you know, everyone's always 
going to see movies and I don't understand why you know half of them don't understand what's going on but they love it you know they think the action movies over here are the best thing ever so um, it, it's cool playing with them was was a, another great experience it was uh, the way they run that organization is is really professional and being a part of something like that is is really cool and definitely made me learn quite a bit how much longer do you think that they're gonna be around I mean as the is the owner Sergey is he still into it or he, is it, has he just kind of set it up to do its thing or I mean it's pretty much set up to do its thing Sergey hasn't been as hands-on as he was in the past but rumors are that he's gonna be a lot more hands-on this year and he's excited about the team again so that's good I mean I, I hope that club stays around for a long time they're pioneers of the sport they've set a good example of how all the other teams should do it a lot of teams have actually copied the Russians and you know, there's they have every reason for it. They they go about it as professional as, as you can. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're going to lose any more players? I mean, I know Jason Wheeler is going to stay on. I think he had a really good success story this year. Absolutely, he was a yeah. big asset to that team. Yeah, I think Jason Wheeler. He's he's going to have to step up and be one of those guys on that team, one of those go-to guys. And I totally think he could do it. He's a great player. He's got a good attitude. He can be a leader for them. Um, and the other guys, I I really don't know if anyone's leaving or staying. Um, you know, there's always rumors if the Tauntauns come over, if Axel were to go, but who knows? Do you think that he would? I mean, would he have to? I mean, he's a French player. The Tauntauns are the best team to ever come out of France. It would yeah. almost be kind of sacrilegious for him. Not I mean, hey, to. If, yeah, if, yeah. Money, if money's, money's money, and I understand mm -hmm. that if he's pro paintball player and he's making his living doing that, then he's got to do what Axel's got to do, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't cite him for mm -hmm. it, but if I was French, I would be pissed. Yeah. I would be like, you're going to tell me yeah. one of the best players we've ever had yeah. is going to play well, for that's just the like, enemy? That's just like Zach Wake. I so badly want Zach Wake to go to CEP and just you know be a leader for that team. I think that would be the coolest story. I've talked to him about it, and he, he agrees it would be a cool story. That would um, be, be story. awesome. You know? He's one of the best players to ever come out of Tennessee. Yeah, he's from and that area. It just, makes, it just makes so much sense. But no, you're right with the Axel thing. And uh, honestly, I, I have no idea if he would or wouldn't. If I had to guess, I would, I would guess that he would play with the Tauntauns. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, the, ju the jury's still out on that. You know? Of course. So, yeah, the yeah. jury's still out on that. So Only time will tell. But what about, I mean, you know, Art Chaos is a big team in Russia. And I know that the guys, some of the guys like to play on, you know, you have, what is it? Uh, uh, Bernikov plays on Art Chaos as uh -huh. well. Because why did why did why does Moscow Red Legion not play as a team in Europe? Well, thanks for listening to the Real Deal podcast, brought to you by PaintballAccess.com. And there's a wealth of content on the site. There's videos from the past events. There's player statistics. We have stories and blogs from the top players in the game. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You know that way you guys can stay in touch with all the news and events in the paintball world. And to find a local event near you, make sure you check out PSPEvents.com. There's tons of affiliates all over the world so whatever level of paintball you happen to be playing at even if you play rec and you want to get into the game uh, you definitely can find it on PSPEvents.com. also make sure to follow me on twitter and instagram maddie marshall sd and let me know who you guys want to hear from on this podcast and if you like the podcast make sure you tell your friends about it so we can keep doing this so thank you guys for tuning into the real deal and be sure to listen in next week